It feels like both yesterday and also a million years ago that you were on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, both are true. It was about two years ago. <laughs> that is that is insane. I first of all, I can't believe I've been doing the podcast that long. Secondly, I like I literally remember talking to you like it was yesterday. Um, and I was thinking about it this morning, and I was thinking about how when we spoke, um, I think you were like only a couple months out from releasing the wedding bait, if I'm not mistaken. Like we talked about it. I don't recall. I guess we did talk about the wedding bait. Yeah. Um, we definitely talked about the center stage series. Yes. Um, yes. But and, wedding yeah, bait wasn't I, out yet, but it was, it was on no, its way. No, because the wedding bait came out literally on New Year's Day of 2022. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was yeah, an that's interesting right. choice for me to release it on New Year's Day, but it actually <laughs> kind of worked because everybody was off. I'm like, here's something reasonably short and fun to read. And it, had a really nice first day of sales (laughs) doing that calculation is like really difficult like okay is this one of those holidays where people are going to not be at all attached to their devices right and so they're not going to want to buy anything they're not going to see anything they're not going to read anything right or is this one of the holidays where everyone is going to be desperate for something to do and therefore happy to spend their money on a new book i think for people who celebrate christmas new year's day is like you've been off possibly a bit and you're kind of you've the the glow has worn off of mm-hmm. being off and you want something to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. that was that was my thinking and it seemed to be true i think you know what's interesting is that i think the the reverse is true for what it is like in a bookstore because historically new year's is like one of the slowest days Mm -hmm. Um, for a bookstore Um, we get like people coming in to look at stuff but nobody is buying anything everybody's hung over everyone's hung (laughs) over everyone already got a bunch of stuff they're like i don't need to get more stuff right now the only people who spend money are the people who got like you know gift certificates for christmas or something um but we our sales are historically quite low on on uh new year's but but because of that because people are sitting at home instead then that makes me think that like that actually is a good day for people to be buying ebooks. Um, yes, especially novellas yes. because you know they appeal. I think of having something that you can finish in a day. Yeah, easy uh, is there. Yeah, uh, I have not revisited that theory again <laughs> so far because this New Year's I was uh, I wasn't actually working on a book. I was I was finally allowing well i was finally relaxing just a little bit because i had filed the book that has been so far has been called working title hearts on fire Mm -hmm. um with harlequin Mm because a lot has happened since last we talked a lot has happened yes (laughs) i had always expected that i would be a self-published romance author and possibly a traditionally published women's fiction author uh and then in late summer early fall i was i got a three book deal with harlequin which was a shock <laughs> i mean okay i like we're gonna we have to talk about that we have to talk yes. about because not only is it a three book deal with harlequin which on its face just snaps all over the place um, yeah. incredibly jazzy of you i love it um 
it, it also is uh, a new imprint. Yes, it's a new. Yes, it still as yet does not have a name. <laughs> Which I, I, I went um, looking because I saw your announcement. I, I, you know, this morning I was refreshing and I looked at the announcement. And I was like, oh, okay, it probably has a name by now. And then I went looking and I was like, oh, I guess it does not. not. It does not. It's funny because Harlequin is really an interesting, um, an interesting place to be for a first time trad pub deal because they have so many resources, oh like be, literally you know, you know, webinars and, and, and things. And, you know, occasionally when we have Q and A's, I'll be like, uh, so does the, what, what, what was desire? Uh, does it have a name yet? And they're always like, no, we're also <laughs> really excited to, you know, whenever it happens. So I have zero idea. I, I've been calling the, it Harlequin Anonymous, uh, which <laughs> I think is quite saucy. So they, makes, yeah, they can well, have that. It kind of makes want. it sound like a self-help kind of situation <laughs> could be uh, you know are you like are you addicted to romance come to harlequin anonymous um yeah actually i don't know if you've ever listened to um brie and aaron at the categorically romance podcast but they had an entire mini episode which was like brainstorming possible names <laughs> for this new line because we're really that. excited about it too and they've had they've had john jacobson who is my editor on before as well and mm -hmm. they had me on and in both instances, we talked about like this new imprint, and uh, they had some talk about saucy names. I can't, of course, can't bring any of them to mind at the moment, but mm -hmm. um, they were, you know, things like, you know, like, oh gosh, what was it? It's like Harlequin Ravish, I think, was one of them. It was just like, okay, I love it. All right. <laughs> I love it. Well, we're living in a weird time right now, right? For, for shall we say, a number of reasons, incalculable reasons, but specifically in the romance space where, like, with the Harper strike that just ended, God bless, um, like, and the crumbling of publishing infrastructure around our heads um, yeah. at the same time that we are getting these new imprints because clearly traditional publishing is finally sort of like recognizing the the power a little bit tiny bit kind of maybe a little i don't maybe. know i never i never really i i don't know but we're getting more stuff happening or at least in the general direction um like yeah. tor just released their announcement that they're going to be doing bramble which is their adult right. romance imprint um fantasy sci-fi romance and romantic and this has been causing some some rumbling with Unclear. some people. Unclear. Unclear yeah. it was. Yes. Yeah. Um, which, you know what? Fine. You know, as long as you are being transparent about What's what, what you're publishing. Yeah. yeah, that's that's I don't really mind. I mean, I just I just recently read my friend Maria Vale's book, um, which oh, just is not out yet. Uh, Molly Malloy and the Angel of Death. Mm -hmm. And it is it's like the purest distillation of Maria Vale you could ever imagine because she just creates these characters that are otherworldly and she is not shy about them being absolutely otherworldly. And mm -hmm. one of the things that she has said is she said, this is not, this is not a romance mm -hmm. and it, it can't be because by definition, death is immortal and Molly is not. Mm -hmm. um, so she's, I think she's, put a, a nice spotlight on that as well yeah. um so you know hope but hopefully people 
who, you know, who do venture out of the HEA. And I can understand why you wouldn't. I mean, I, I rarely do, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I do sometimes. And people who venture out of the HEA would, I think would really, if they, if they've liked her wolves and they like how completely otherworldly her wolves are, Mm -hmm. I think they would really appreciate this book because it's, it's also in some places, it's just laugh out loud funny. She's because so funny. She's so she funny. is so funny. And she's such a such a dear person. And yeah, I just I hope this book does well, because it's just it is, I can understand why she could not find a home for it. Because yeah. <laughs> it's just flat out weird. But it's flat out weird in the best possible way. I love I love a weird book. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I am on record as saying as long as you commit to the bit, whatever you choose to do, as long as you do a full throttle, I'm into it. I'll take it. Oh, oh, yeah. No spoilers, but she totally commits to the bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. Not surprised at all. Maria's yeah. delightful. Yes, um, yes. I had her on for the big two-part um, uh, uh, anthology she did for Pharaoh Feb uh, mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was she was just so much fun. She was giggling. This tree is not for peas. She just started out. She's just like, yes, I'm here. And listen, I'm over forty, and I, if I can do it, you can do it too. And I was like, I'm well, she and I are you. both over fifty. Come on, let's let's talk about commit to the bit. I mean, I that's one it. of the reasons why I I wanted to to write the wedding bait. Yeah, was because I was like. And for anybody who don't, doesn't know about this novella, it's it's only available on E, but it's available on any platform. And it's essentially, if you if you like the movie The Wedding Date with um, Deborah Messing and Dermot Mulroney, uh, and those of you who haven't seen it, Deborah Messing is going back to England to attend her sister's wedding, and her ex is going to be the best man, and she does not want to face him alone. So she hires Dermot Mulroney, who is an escort, to accompany her as her date. And my thought was, I, first of all, I love this movie to pieces. It's it's hilarious and wonderful and very pretty to look at and um, very funny. And I thought, okay, I love this setup, but what if it was not the sister of the bride who needed an escort, but the mother of the bride? Mm-hmm. And which in its own way makes more sense because it, their daughter's father is going to be there and yeah. you know talk about a toxic history that you can have with an ex-husband mm-hmm. who left you for a younger model and then literally kept doing that until he's now on his sixth wife who's only five years older than their daughter Ooh. i talk about committing to the bit i was like this guy is going to be awful yeah and i i also had very much in mind the dynamic of hannah waddingham and anthony stewart head's characters in ted lasso mm-hmm. as as ex-husband and wife and how you know, it has how horrible they can be to each other. And well, he can be to her. I mean, she's not horrible to him. Um, but horrible in the general sense. It's just, yeah, it's just a bad situation. And yeah. so I I thought this is rife for, for some fun stuff. And this just, I'd written over 40 before. Mm-hmm. And I'd written over 40 when I was still in my 40s. Uh, when I first drafted that, that's um, handy for you. Um, but I had yet to write over 50 and writing over 50 at 50 was just like, this is so much fun (laughs) because I don't have to worry about references. You know, I don't have to worry about like in, in, um, in, uh, my third book, uh, acting lessons, I had Freddie, the, the, the heroine, she was a fan of, uh, 
the movie Clueless. And I was sort of like, if she's going to be a fan of the movie Clueless, she's got to be a reason because she was like, was she even born when it came out? Mm-hmm. And so I wrote it, I wrote it explicitly that like it was a favorite of her mom's and they would watch it together. And that was why she, she liked yeah. it. But I didn't, I didn't even have to think about anything like that with these two because they were my age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rule building was already there. You didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. It was just like the character references were, were not yeah. not an issue. I don't even know that I put, put any references in there, but I just, I just it was such a delight not to have to worry about it. It was very relaxing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, I believe The Wedding Bait was nominated for a semi-finalist in the Swoonies. It was a semi-finalist in the Swoonies, yeah. It, and, uh, it, it got, it, I, and I fully expected I, I, this finalist, the final of, the Swoonies has not happened yet. Yeah, but I don't think I, that I, I looked and I, I couldn't find it, but also I, I didn't fully that. expect that Allie Hazel will, will take it because she literally has three books in the novella category and they've all say, made it to the final. Are we talking like sheer numbers? Because like that doesn't seem. The only way she will not win it is if her fans end up like splitting the vote. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's just, you know, it, so that I just found that hilarious. Yeah, I saw that because like, I because like there's quite a few final semifinalists, right? Like there's a few. Yeah, um, like there's and so, six, and she's like half of it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> that's a lot of. She had like a whole bar at the bottom. I was like, that's exactly. a lot of Ali Hazelwood, y'all. <laughs> that's, that doesn't seem right. Go with God, Ali. Yeah, Allie, yeah, good yeah. for you. Good for you. Chase, chase the dream. I don't, I don't mind. Yeah, whatever. Um, that, so yeah, still, it, it was great, it, it was a finalist, or sorry, semi semi finalist, and that was mm-hmm. that was exciting. That's as close to winning anything in, in writing as I've ever gotten. So uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'd be stoked. <laughs> I've, I've never won anything in my life, so I, yeah, I'd be down too. <laughs> the only the only thing I've won in terms of books and reading and all that kind of stuff is I, I have I have several times been the winner of a Goodreads giveaway. <laughs> that's something though it's really exciting when you get that email and it's funny yeah. because one one morning i was like blearily logging in and looking at stuff and looking at my email and and it was there was a miss miss bev book beverly jenkins book for it was was there was a giveaway for it and it was it's for the ebook and i went to enter it and <laughs> and i hadn't really looked down my email and I go to, to to enter the giveaway for the ebook, and it's like you're not eligible for this giveaway because you've already won <laughs> another one. <laughs> I had already won the physical book of To Catch a Raven, oh <laughs> and my I god. hadn't read that far down my email to realize that I had won that. Oh my god! You tried to double so, dip. Yeah, I Shame completely on you, just you, half Come asleep. On. You know, just you know, it's five in the morning, re- trying to read my email. No, no. I've I've won one award in my entire life and that was for most improved in fifth grade choir which is maybe the worst award you can win yeah that sounds painful (laughs) oh pretty brutal i won a symphony chocolate bar and that was it (laughs) i won i won a bunch of academic awards when i I, so i went to private schools and, and i graduated from my I, I, I graduated in ninth grade because I had one school that went to ninth grade and stopped. Mm-hmm. And so then you went on to, to go to school elsewhere starting mm-hmm. your sophomore year usually. And I won a bunch of academic awards when I graduated from ninth grade. And because I'm fairly tall, I was sitting in the back. We were like, we had two rows on this riser. Mm-hmm. And I, I got up so many times. <laughs> it's like weird humble bug, but I got up so many times that, 
the last time I sat down the back, the, like the back legs of my chair almost went off the back of the riser. Oh, <laughs> I no! like, barely caught myself. <laughs> oh my and God. I, I mean, and it's funny because it's like, you know, that's such an awkward time to like, Oh, win anything terrible. because no matter what you do people are going to be like "Ooh, what do you you think very highly of yourself and you you can just you know you can be totally neutral and smile and say thank you and and accept your award and go and sit down and people yeah. will just be terrible to you and, it, and, and so, like the public scrutiny just in general at that age like oh, eyes upon you just like crawling on your skin you're just oh yes. don't look at me Yes. No, please. I don't want the French award. No, no. I mean, the only one I didn't oh, win was no, like math brutal. because of course not. Um, but yeah, it was like if I had fallen off the back of that riser, there would have been more than one person who's like, well, she deserved mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, hey, Adele, could have been worse. You could have gotten most improved. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Instead, I won the French award. Uh, yeah. Two copies of Le Petit Prince, one in English and one in French. I, why do I remember that? I don't know. <laughs> Well, it made an impression, certainly, as did almost falling out of your chair. Because mm-hmm. uh, it, would. it would. Not just falling out of my chair. Falling Literally, down off the riser. I would have fallen backwards, probably broken my neck. I mean, it would have been bad. <laughs> Why did they have chairs on the risers? That seems sketchy. So that everybody could see all the graduates, I guess. I don't I know. Mean, I would have just made the kids stand. <laughs> I was 14. What did I know? I, you yeah, know. True. Well, you weren't the one setting up the chairs or the risers. No, no. I was just the one who had to keep getting up. Yep. Thank you. Shake hands. Go back, sit down. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Well, speaking of awards and things and what all. So, okay. So you've got three books coming out. The first one comes out in 2024. Yes? Yes. Both. The first two come out in 2024. The first one comes out. Actually, it's going to be one of the first class of the, 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 the new imprint, which is really exciting. It's me and three other authors. And, um, so I'm, and it's three other amazing authors, and I I don't know it's my place to say who, but when it comes out, it people are going to be like, oh, who's Adele? These other people are just amazing. <laughs> so I just just I'm I, I'm going to do the the it's it's an honor to be nominated kind of <laughs> kind of thing, um, but uh, so what it's we're coming out early in 2024, and then mm-hmm. I'm actually working on book two right now, which is going to be my first winter holiday romance. Ooh. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I, I don't want to call it a Christmas romance, but both of my both of my leads are nominally, you know, Christian. Um, but it's a winter, a winter romance. Yeah, yeah, but but because it's um, but because of what it is, I don't necessarily want to talk about the plot too much because I'm yeah. still working. I'm, it's interesting because I'm when I, I I did go back and I listened to our old podcast and I took a couple of notes and one of the things I noted was that at the time I was a hardcore pantser. And I can't do that anymore because mm-hmm. you can't sell a book on proposal that's when the proposal is just vibes. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Propos- your proposal is, I'll figure it out when we get there. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the, uh, Jill Chavez can do that, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. that Maisie Yates can do that. I'm sure. Louise Penny don't. can do that. <laughs> yes, I cannot, yeah. uh, which is fine uh, because I've learned that. I actually like writing synopses before I write the book yeah, way better I than I like writing synopses after I write the book. Oh my God. Because, same. because first of all, I've learned to write synopses where there's still enough room for discovery mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. interstices there. And so I can still play at being a kind of a pantser with, with yeah. like, Oh, 
I mean, literally, I, and I work in Scrivener. Sorry, I'm like all over the place today. But I work in Scrivener and I have it on my phone as well. Mm-hmm. And literally yesterday, my husband and I have our standing weekly date. Anybody who follows me on, on Instagram has seen many, many pictures of our local winery, which we go to usually on a Saturday. And either we meet up with friends and, you know, have food truck food and, and wine, or we just hang out together and, you know, have food truck food and wine. Yeah. Um, and I literally picked up my phone and wrote into the, the current scene that I'm working on. Forearms. What is wrong with you? Forearms. <laughs> So I would not forget to have him roll his sleeves up. (laughs) How could you? That would have been criminal. Come on. Not one mention of forearms. These beautiful corded forearms. Come on. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. No, I'm the same way. I'm exactly the same way. Like I, so um, since we talked, I don't think I had stuff on Patreon or anything yet when we talked. I don't, I don't think so. So I serialize my novels on Patreon. And right. um, so I do, I write my novels, the full length novels completely first uh, before I serialize uh-huh. them. But the novellas, I play a little bit more by ear where I get like four or five chapters in the bank. And then I like am writing as I'm publishing them. So, but to do that, I have to put a synopsis out for people to be excited about what they're going to be reading. Right. Sure. So I really have gotten to be like, okay, I'm writing this synopsis. How do I give myself enough wiggle room to be like, I don't actually know where I'm going to go with this, but here are the main beats and I hope I stick to them. Um, Right. So far it's worked out. Well, who's to say in the future, but. (laughs) The other thing about writing a synopsis in in advance is Mm -hmm. for me at least, it's interesting because I've learned or I, I allow myself to be a little bit more playful with it mm-hmm. because writing a synopsis after the fact for anybody who has not done this, it's kind of like writing a book report when you're in oh, grade school and it like teeth. makes your, and it makes your book sound like the most boring piece of garbage <laughs> that has ever wasted paper or Absolutely. electrons. Absolutely. It's just, it, it is so painful. And so when I'm writing them before the fact, you know, that the book I'm writing, so it's not only is a winter holiday book, but it's also, it is, it's not my first Grumpy Sunshine that I've ever written, but it'll be the, probably it'll be the first novel length Grumpy Sunshine that I will ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of like digging into my heroines. She's she's a she's a goof. She's a she's a former firefighter, and anybody who's talked to people who you know are have been firefighters or married to firefighters when they're in their downtime and they're like waiting for something to happen, they do like the, the silliest stuff. And I just, Sophia, um, she's like, she's the goofiest of the goofs. And so, you know, I've just been, you know, leaning into that. And so I was leaning, I leaned into it even in the synopsis about what a goof she is. Um, So that was like actually fun. Well, Use I think the word also, fun and the word synopsis in the same paragraph. I know, <laughs> but I do think though, because if you write it before, you that excitement comes across because you're yeah. you're discovering the story as you're writing the synopsis, right? Sure. Whereas after, if you're writing it afterwards, it's like, it's like, oh, fuck, okay, yes, okay, so that happens, and then this happens, and then that happens, and right, that happens. All those plot points sound really dumb now. 
okay, well, I got to make it sound snappy. And how do I get this into like three paragraphs? Whereas like you're writing it before you're like, oh, I think, and this is going to happen. I think, oh yeah. And I think there's going to be, oh, I got to keep this vague, but I got to keep this saucy. And you feel just much looser and more excited about it. It comes across. It really does. And, and that's, that's exciting. So, so yeah, so I've, I've, I'm, that's the thing about publishing is that you're just constantly learning. I mean, unless you just continue to do the exact same thing over and over again, um, which I can't imagine doing, I would probably just stop because that sounds really unpleasant. Um, Then you're, you're usually learning something new, which is interesting um, and fun. Yeah. And you know, it's, I wonder I, I, you know, it's okay if, if you don't want to get too deep into this, but I would love to hear how your experience with going from being a self-published author completely to, <laughs> to like you mentioned before, having all of these resources, but not only that, but just like the collaborative atmosphere, the difference between doing everything on your own to, to do oh, this. Yeah. How has that been for you? Well, it's interesting as I, when I was on the Categorically Romance podcast uh, a couple months ago, I, they, they gave me they gave me questions in advance because they have got a much, sort of a more like Proust questionnaire approach to podcasting, which mm-hmm. was was great because I you know it's like if I had gotten these questions off the cuff, I probably mm-hmm. would have been like, uh, uh, "What are words?" <laughs> but and and I had actually said to myself at the, around the first of the year, "I'm not going to do a word of the year. I don't. I'm not sure I'm feeling it." Um, you know, and then of course one of their questions was, "What's your word of the year?" Mm-hmm. and I was like, well, you know, because I could have said no, but I, I was like, well, okay, the universe is telling you to think of a word. And my word, I decided, was adapt because I have been a self-published author. I've more or less figured out how to do that. Um, and now I've got, like you mentioned, I've got all these different resources that I didn't have before. And I've got, um, but also I don't, I don't have 100% of, the decisions yeah. either which is good and bad i mean like you know we've mentioned that you know the the, the um the first book that's going to be coming out it was tentatively titled hearts on fire because it's got a firefighter hero and and i always i always have to have a title yeah i don't even if it's not the final one i just i, I can't like harlequin proposal number one just doesn't doesn't do doesn't doesn't do anything for my brain so i i need something and so um you know i've I've been in the process where i've I've filled out the art fact sheet and one of the things they ask you in the art fact sheet is like you know what what other possible titles are you you know do you do you like and i really 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 want this book to be called in a hot minute (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and um but and I have to also let go of that as an idea because yeah. I do not get the final say on what the title of my book is. Yeah. I don't, I don't get the title. I don't get the final say on what the cover of my book looks like, what the cover copy probably, I don't even, I mean, we, I've had, I've looked at some of the resources and, and like what the process is like, and uh, maybe I'll have some input on what the back cover copy looks like. Yeah. Maybe I won't. I don't know. And so on one hand, it's like writing back cover copy is, it's no more, it's different from writing a synopsis, but it is no more fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's really difficult. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've had the help of both Ainsley Payton and um, Brenda St. John Brown 
uh, in the past helping me to craft my back cover copy because they're both way better at it than I am uh, and bless them both for it. Um, and so the idea of like not having that on my to-do list is fabulous. Yeah, I bet it is. But also it's a, there's a little bit of like, how are you going to describe this this book? I, 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 uh, oh, okay. Uh. It's the the letting go of like total con- creative control. Like yeah. that seems now that I'm doing my own stuff, right? Like I'm like my, ooh, there's a part of me that kind of clenches at the idea of that, even knowing yeah. it would make my life easier to let other people do it. I'm kind of like, but can I get the final, can I get the final look? Can I just, can I just look at it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a little, it's a little, um, Unnerving, is how I would describe it. Um, but I, like I said, you know, I've, I've, I've also, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to adapt. I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm going to because there are other benefits that flow from that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can focus more on just like what is the book that I want to write, which is great. Um, but having also gone through that process now, I'm kind of going okay. Um, I'm going to, while I write this book, I'm going to kind of flag, you know, which scenes might actually make a good cover. Yeah. Because that's, you know, one of the things they ask you is I ask you for like three different scenes in your book. I'm like, what does it look like? What's the time of day? What are they wearing? You know? Mm -hmm. And so it's the kind of thing that is almost, I think it's more helpful to sort of flag as you go rather than trying Mm -hmm. to comb back through the manuscript and say, Oh, Now that I'm done, what looks possibly cover worthy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, it's kind of like uh, you don't think about pull quotes uh, until you actually have to start advertising your book, and then you're like, oh, right? "Why did I not flag these while I was writing? Why did I? I why, did I why did I do?" I that? have an even better way of of doing that. Actually, please tell me. Please tell me. I have a book coming out on March 28th, and I don't have a single dang quote pulled out. If you have an editor. Who gives compliments? I do, yes. You go and you find all <laughs> the areas in which your editor said, like my editor at one point, I'm working on the wedding bait. Her name is Linda Sandoval. I love her pieces. I've known her for years and years and years and years. Um, and But I had never hired her as an editor before. And she worked on the wedding bait. At one point, I, I had this description of how the, the, the daughter's relationship with her father was growing up and he's like mm-hmm. he wouldn't show up for her, his weekends with her and how it, you know disappointing it was and um and that i wrote this description of what it was like and linda bless her <laughs> said something like this is fucking gorgeous writing <laughs> i love it <laughs> yeah and so it's those moments where, or those moments where linda linda go, would go ha you know yeah <laughs> like something made her laugh you know she she'll let me know and that's really, really helpful if you're self-publishing yeah. um, is to go through because it's not just your judgment as to what works humor wise or what works, yeah. you know, what grabs a reader. It's it's literally somebody else has said, no, this actually really does work. And then you, you go, OK, well, that I hopefully you think so, too. <laughs> and then you can use it for your yeah. for your marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talk about things that, that I don't like to do. Marketing is right up there too. It yeah, takes like so long. Books. It does. Can't you it just does. buy my book and tell everybody to buy my book for me? Why? Why do I have to do anything? I did all the work already. 
can right. I just shove it yeah. in the universe and have it just do things? Be nice. Well, that's the thing is that, you know, back before I started self-publishing, it took me many years to get to the point where I decided to self-publish. And yeah. a lot of that was, A, I was hoping to get a trad bub deal. And, you know, and you know, in those years I did not. Yeah. Um, but, and I, it was interesting because I, I always paid attention to the self-publishing people. Like, you know, when Zoe York would talk about stuff on Twitter, I'd be like, yeah. I'd be there taking notes. I'd be there like copying the initial tweet URL and keeping like a file of like, just in case I ever need this. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I, I was kind of educating myself on what it was like to self-publish before I even did it. Um, but I, you know, and, and people would say that the the horrible phrase, the worst word in the English language, why don't you just self-publish? Mm-hmm. And that just, mm-hmm. like, that mm-hmm. is doing a lot of heavy lifting that these people it have really no idea about. Because it is, there is no just about this, sister. No. This is, is, it is. And I basically would say to people, I said, you know, like, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be my own marketing department. I don't want to be my own PR department. I don't want to write back cover copy. I don't want to um, commission covers. <laughs> All of this stuff that you have to do yeah. in order to become a self-published author. I really did not want to do it. I'm glad that I have done it. I, you know, will I possibly do it again in the future? Yeah. Um not for the foreseeable um you know the book three in the in the uh the for you series is going to be in limbo for a while for a second yeah (laughs) yeah for at least a a couple of years probably at this point sorry i mean i i experienced the same thing right i think i think most of us have experienced that like conversation where you're like oh yeah you know i've been trying to get published for a few years and people go like well yeah why don't you just self-publish and they you know the clear it's it's a lack of understanding of like what goes the work that goes into doing books um, and getting books Mm -hmm. in people's hands but it's also just like this fundamental misunderstanding of okay let's let's change that sentence to why don't you just start your own small business exactly yeah and and once you say that you go like well, yeah, th- there's no just about starting your own small business um, no. and handling marketing, uh, handling editing, handling distribution, handling taxes, right. um, handling customer service, right? Mm-hmm. How do you, 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 there's no just about any of that. And there's a mistake, no. I think, that people make because there is this absolutely, <laughs> I I get annoyed with the mythos around uh, publishing and the grandeur around publishing and bookstores and booksellers and all that. I think it's elitist and gross. Um, And there is a mistaken belief that if you are striving to get published, I'm not saying that this doesn't exist, but for most people that I've ever spoken to or known, which is quite a few writers at this point, I would say, um, there's this belief that if you were trying to get traditionally published, it's because you're looking for that, like this, this elite brass ring, right? You, it's, it's a prestige thing. And it's like, no, I don't want to no. do my own publicity. I just want to write books. <laughs> Please. Um, yeah. And it took like, I mean, for me, it took literally the, just the, the fact that I was like, well, I can't, I can't, 
I'm at year like six at this point. I was like, I can't keep writing for free. Right. I like that's just that's just it's just not I need to do something in the meantime. Um, And I think for a lot of people, that's kind of how we get there. We get there in inches. Right. Like Mm -hmm. until one day it's like, well, yeah, now this makes sense. And I think I have enough knowledge to kind of tiptoe into this. And then you build that knowledge up and up and up until you can actually do it semi right. Right. Like in our own ways. Um, But yeah, there's no just about it. No. Get out of here with that just. Yeah. I mean, I I, and it's funny because I was sort of alerted to this way of thinking years ago and it was um, a good friend of mine who actually lives in the Bay Area um, she used to work for Levi Strauss mm-hmm. and she like she would get these emails from people who said, you know she was a she she was a designer mm-hmm. uh, and they would say something like you know can you just XYZ with this mm-hmm. shirt design and she's like all right when you use that word just you are minimizing the hours of work i'm going to have to put in to do this this isn't just please just eliminate the word just from your vocabulary in that it really does i mean you apply that to i experience a lot with the discussion around art right now which is shall we say quite fraught uh on the internet at the moment um and you know as an illustrator it's like one of the things i (laughs) I truly despise is is the um, the weird dichotomy between the two thoughts that most people have, most you know people who aren't artists have around art, which is that it is just art, which means that it means nothing, but right. also that it is this mystical like talent, <laughs> this magic that you do, and so it simultaneously is like a, an amazing, incredible beautiful thing that they value and they need to have on everything they need to see art constantly um but also that it's worth nothing because if you were just born with a talent then it doesn't mean anything anyway um which is like such a twisted up nonsense (laughs) like i can't i can't deal with any of that um and and, you know in the same way it, it has that just to it where you know it's just art it's just a book it's just the can't you just do this thing right right well, you know, and the the not the ultimate, but one of the the big slams is you know it's just romance. Anybody could do it. You know, it's it's you know it's light light fiction is is easy to write. Oh my god! <laughs> Let me tell you, I have written academic prose. I have written women's fiction. I have written romance. Mm-hmm. Um, and the easiest one of all of those to write is actually academic prose. <laughs> The facts are laid before you. You simply need to translate them. You don't have to make up whole people with whole lives and whole other people in those lives. You don't. You don't have there's to no, make there's real no people pacing. care. There's no. There's no. I mean, you can. You can. I mean, there's. You can write better or worse academic prose. I'm not saying that that's yeah. not possible. It absolutely is possible. But you know, like the the, the last time we talked, I talked about how I had to like have an education in pacing. Mm-hmm. There's really not that's not really a consideration that i've ever seen in academic writing or maybe it could use some it probably could it could (laughs) it's interesting because i i was you know my day job is i'm a i'm a a law librarian Mm -hmm. and um i was at this conference once and i you know to where it was sort of it was like it's kind of like a critique group but for legal academics to you know share their work and and uh and get get some commentary and um, what I did was I started this relatively 
not necessarily drive, you know, not necessarily interesting to everybody topic. And I laid out a hypothetical, like a story, you know, imagine, imagine you have an attorney and she's, you know, she's giving, you know, she has to get, have a hearing and, you know, this place and she's got this much, you know, this type of technology at her fingertips. And then like, you know, two days later, she's down the hall in a different courtroom that doesn't have any, any modern technology. It's just, you know, lecterns and, and, you know, wood paneling. And, you know, I, I basically said, you know, in, in two days, she's gone back 200 years and she needs to operate in all of these settings. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that, that they, the head of this seminar group, critique group, whatever we're calling it, um, said, she said, you know, she pointed that out. And she said, that's a really good way to start a paper to grab somebody. And I, I just laughed and I said, well, <laughs> in my off hours, I write fiction. Yeah. Well, there <laughs> so we this go. made sense to me yeah. to, to start the paper that way. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you, you can, you can definitely approach, approach different types of writing in different ways. And you can, there is some cross pollination, interestingly enough, uh, that you can, that you can use to write different things. Um, but yeah, that the people who, I mean, there, there was a, oh gosh, it might've even been a decade ago. Um, I think it was Scott Simon on NPR had gone, I think to RWA to cover it. And oh, okay. yeah. So, ooh, and, that, that raises my hackles a little bit. Cause I'm always like, Ooh, an outsider going to a romance conference. I'm always like, Ooh, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? Well, what was interesting was he, he had an awakening in that, um, you know, he, he was kind of in that like, well, how hard could it be kind of space? Uh-huh. And an editor said, okay, well, you know, write a first chapter for me. And he did, and he found out he was just writing the first chapter was really difficult. And then she kind of, she gave him a bit of critique, and it was really not good. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he was just, I mean, he was very chastened by that. And so I good. I just, I think that's kind of funny and My, kind of fun. What I, what I say to people who come into the bookstore a lot, because what I get, so I, I have been in my bookshop long enough, and we have a dedicated romance section that I curate lovingly, militantly. Um and uh, so at this point, I've been there long enough that people come back now and are like, hey, you recommended me this, these books. Sure. I really liked them. You know, what more do you have for me? Which is fantastic. Um, but a lot of times, usually the second time they come in, they go, oh, my God, I loved that book. Um, it was amazing. It was like really light and fun or whatever. Um, and usually these people were previously like reluctantly admitted romance readers. Right. Right. Gently coaxed to be like, no, it's okay. You can tell me. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a safe space. space. <laughs> um, and, and they go like, well, you know, it was, I just was so amazed by how good the writing was. And I, and I usually nod and I go, yes, romance is wonderful and not unsophisticated. Right. Um, you can have both. You can have things that are soft and hopeful or funny and, you know, sexy and all those wonderful things and still be really freaking good prose. And yeah. More often than not, you'll find that actually they're pretty damn good. Um, yeah. Because the so, competition is intense. It's so intense. And, and you know, I don't know. Like, I, I, I also have a soft spot for, for, for bad romance. Because, <laughs> again, I love somebody who commits to the bit. And, like, when someone writes something, like, really unhinged, I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, but, you know, for the most part, though, like, we're living in this amazing golden age of romance um Uh and i you know we have our our issues for sure but it is it is i mean has romance ever been more accessible than it is now with ebooks and with 
serialized fiction and with just free books that you can get and mm-hmm. with now, you know, romance hitting the mainstream such as it is, right? You know, it's always done that a little bit, but like now it's like, you know, we're not going to talk about it, but you know, the Colleen Hoovers of the world for better and worse, right? Um, right. Well, heck, so, but the, we've, we've got Olivia White writing for the New York Times. I know. So, I mean, you know, I, I have issues with the New York Times, too. But, yeah, um, right. But, you know, that's that's pretty amazing. It's um, cool. You know, and, you know, I've seen, seen, you know, my friends getting starred reviews in these, you know, these big outlets. And it's just yeah. really exciting. I'm very, 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 I'm happy for the good stuff. And I'm, well, continue to fight like hell against the bad stuff (laughs) i'm particularly tired today so that sounds really exhausting but you gotta keep doing you gotta gotta keep doing it the the maintenance is endless unfortunately Um, yeah yeah i mean you know you mentioned the harper collins strike and you know one of one of their one of their big asks that shouldn't have been an ask at all was support for diversity yeah. Um, and, you know, and the living wage part is a huge part of that, you know, supportive diversity for crying out loud, because, yeah, I, soapbox set to side. We, it, I think we, yeah. we you know, it, it is it is really frustrating to be living in this golden age of it, of, of romance. Right. And to right. be still having these same conversations that we've been having forever, which is just mm-hmm. like basic human decency. Um mm-hmm you know, that, that just, that just sucks and it's exhausting and it, it's every day. And there's always some fucking joker who then comes in and is like, mm, romance drama. Am I right? Yeah. Get here. A, a, that and B, you know, like, you know, you know, don't fuck with the romance authors cause they'll, they'll fuck you up. And it's like, yeah, you know what we're, you know, we don't do that for fun. Yeah. You, generally not, speaking. That's not, it's not something people like to do. Like, what do you Yeah. And I mean, yeah, we, 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 we have, we have in some cases really swung, the pendulum has swung too far in that, you know, yeah. starting from a hyper defensive stance kind of direction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something I've been thinking about a lot personally lately. And it's just kind yeah. of like, not, you don't, you don't need to show up for every fight necessarily. Yeah. And, um, especially if it's somebody who's, you know, from the outside and, and, you know, there's been discussions about, you know, what, what is, what is defense of the genre and what is gatekeeping. And I think it's a completely, utterly valid conversation to be having. And um, so, yeah, I just, again, learning. Learning. It's it's my other word of the year, learning. (laughs) It's an evolving community. um, Mm -hmm. And as it should be. And I, we, uh, you know, all of publishing is in a crazy time right now, and I yeah. genuinely cannot predict what the next 10 years are going to look like in Nobody any sense, can. but particularly in my very narrow world scope, which is the romance community and publishing um, and bookstore stuff. Those are the things that I know, and those are the things that I think that I can get have a pretty good grasp on, and then I'm looking right. at it, and I'm like, I genuinely I don't know, I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, hey, good news, though. Bookshop.org just announced they're going to be selling ebooks. So finally, I can get cool. off my soapbox and stop harassing them on Twitter about it. Um, and wow. hopefully they won't they won't block me anymore. Um, they, they didn't block <laughs> me, but like they, I felt like they wanted to. Um, I love them. I love them. that's it comes from love. Um, yes, I just I really, 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 really want them to open up their own subscription service so uh, people can stop using Kindle Unlimited and authors don't have to be penalized when their books get um, 
pirated. So that would be really, really nice. Yeah, um, I agree cool. because, you know, it's, it, that's really, that's a, just an absolutely scary place to be in terms of like, you know, and for people who don't necessarily know what will happen is that if you put your book in Kindle Unlimited, there's, there's bad actors out there who will pirate your book, then they will put it up on another site. And then what does, what does Amazon do? Amazon says, oh, your book is up somewhere else. That's in violation of your Kindle Unlimited uh, deal author. So we're taking your book down. Yeah. So basically you, you get pirated and then you get punished for being pirated. So instead of Amazon right. saying, hey, we found these links, please take them down within 30 days. If they are not you, here are some resources for how to get uh, like a DCMA or whatever it is. Um, yeah, DCMA uh, takedown. Yeah, yeah takedown. Here are some resources for how to do that. Here's a template, you know you know, legalese or whatever. Instead of doing that, they email you and go, your account's suspended. We're taking your money. Goodbye and good night. Um, exactly. And it's like, what? Um, yeah. And pirating cannot be stopped. It is it is the way of the internet. It is just what it is. Um, people, can, people steal stuff. That's people what steal they do. Stuff. That's the internet. Welcome. Yeah. We've been here for 25 years or whatever the hell. Um, and I just like, I, I you know, Competition at the very, even if even if they can ever completely take them on, competition is a wonderful thing. We live yeah. in a capitalist hellhole. We might as well embrace that part of it while we yep. have it, right? Like, please, right. Bookshop.org has the resources. Do it. Um, I, I I love to see it. So that's a small ray of light this week, as I've that also is. been dealing with my books being pirated. Some Ugh. jokers were put like my uh, download links in the in the track listings of SoundCloud uh, albums, which what? of course were all viruses and stuff. Like, yeah, I, I know no one who listens to this podcast is a pirater, but <laughs> um, <sighs> don't do that. What are you doing? Like, why are you, don't click on those things. What are you thinking? Right. Uh, I will, I had another one. I had to like get up at 1 a.m. in the morning because obviously like I got a message and then I was, was not able to sleep. So I got up at 1 a.m., had to go take my, you know, write an email to allfreenovels.com to take down right. my books. Like, don't, what are you doing? Don't go to those websites. <laughs> like, protect right? yourself. Anyway. Yeah. And, you know, and then occasionally you'll have these, you know, you know have these, yeah. <laughs> please don't steal from me yeah. conversations on Twitter and somebody will come in and, and tell you that you're being elitist because yeah. you don't want your book stolen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. In other good news, the yeah. other thing that happened at the end of last year is that I got an email from my lovely agent saying, Offer from Tantor Media for the Center oh Stage God, Series. Yes. yes, I want to talk about this. I'm so glad you brought this up. Yes, I want to talk to you about your audiobooks. Tell me, tell yeah. me, tell me, tell me. So, um, you know, this was when I, you know, I, I, I like to say that my my um, entry into the traditional publishing realm is kind of a breach birth because I I had worked with John Jacobson. I, I had hired them as a, as a freelance editor for the, the two books from the All For You series that are out. Um, and, um, so they were familiar with my work and, mm. you know, I had previously also submitted things to Harlequin. Um, and, uh, so they were familiar with those submissions as well. And they had always been a lovely champion of my work at, when they were at Carina. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they moved to Desire and, um, they contacted me out of the blue sort of like, okay, I have your, your final edit for handy for you. And I'd like to talk to you about 
some changes that are happening at Desire. I went, okay, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And so I was offered an opportunity to submit a proposal, which Mm -hmm. I did. And that's, that was like, that was a two book deal. And then um, I said, I have one agent who's interested, who's got the full manuscript of a different book that I've been querying. She hasn't gotten back to me yet. I'd like to put this in front of her and see if maybe this can, you know, can flop over into representation. Yeah. That happened. Um, And so long story short, when we were having our first conversation, she said something to the effect of, yeah, I'd like to see if I can maybe get some audio, you know, some sub rights deals for your, your self-published stuff. And I thought, sure, (laughs) go for it. Yeah. Please, please do. (laughs) I thought, Nothing will come of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I get this email saying, you know, Tantor had offered for um, for the Center Stage series, which is like, oh, really? Oh, wow. Okay. And so then I got, you know, a few weeks later after we signed the contracts and everything, I got an audition file in my inbox. And it was an, it was an, she's an actress that I, uh, I had actually seen on television. Um, as she, her name is Monica Plant. And she was on Nashville for a season. And my husband and I loved Nashville. We were sort of like suckers for soap operas and the music was just so darn good that, you know, mm-hmm. we just really enjoyed it. So, yeah, so she was on it and she had this she had a great audition tape. And, you know, they, my only question was, can I hear, you know, a, few, a couple of minutes of her doing British accent? Because in book mm-hmm. two, Colin is a Brit and I just want to make sure that she's got those chops. And so a week or so later, I got another audition tape and, you know, thumbs up and uh, she's probably working on acting up now if not will be shortly um it is going to be out three days before my birthday at the end of oh march goodness. right oh and then the other three books are going to follow in the subsequent months um so yeah anybody who likes audiobooks will hopefully enjoy the center stage series in audio and yeah. uh, she's, i mean people you know, who like audiobooks they, mm-hmm. they like really like audiobooks. Like uh, yes, and I am one of them. <laughs> you know, like I love audiobooks. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to listen to my. Oh own my books, god! Though. I can't. I can't. You know what the worst thing is? Like, so people obviously I do this podcast, right? And I've done like right. other, you know, audio stuff. I've done audio essays, and you know, I've done like soundscape mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and so people have uh, lovingly with all of the the just the innocence and and joy in their heart have been like, Abigail. So are you gonna are you gonna do audiobooks for your own books? And I'm like, oh, I would rather fucking die. No, I will not be. Doing I did. That. I did record the wedding date myself. Oh my! You there you are a braver audiobook. soul than I. I couldn't. There's an never. audiobook available for that. <laughs> and the thing is, I could only do it because it's a novella. I could never yeah. have done a complete novel. Just dealing with the sound issues alone. Oh yeah, it's tough. Audio. So it's, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I've been doing this for a while, and I'm still pretty bad audio. It's uh, hard. <laughs> it's it's really hard. Like so, when I do the the actual audio essay stuff, like it is a completely different animal than when I than when I do obviously see these interviews and like i'm like sitting here and they're like your breathing is different like you're trying to read and you're like all of a sudden you have to stop and go (gasps) because you realize you haven't been breathing um and you know i record my audio essays like i just did a four-part gilgamesh series um Mm. which was insane to do and i like obviously i wrote them all out and um you know all of this stuff but like even just doing like 
what in total right those were like four hours i was i was like this is i'm sweating i'm exhausted Mm -hmm. like editing takes forever i have to do a hundred takes because like in four of them i like slapped the microphone for some reason oh dear you know i got too close i I stumbled over a word gotta do it again it's a lot it's a lot yeah and and when i recorded it i had my old computer which would tend to get hot and so the Mm, fan would go on. on and I don't have one of those setups where like I know a lot of people do like a long line and they'll go like record in their closet and they have mm-hmm. a computer in the next room and I don't I don't have that luxury yeah. luxury I don't I don't I don't have that ability and yeah. so I, I you know and I now have a actually I now have a new computer uh, that has no fan and and I'm like, now that I'm not recording any more audiobooks. Yeah. Well, okay. but hey, now you're going to have all the stuff coming out with Harlequin Anonymous. Um, and so you get to just... <laughs> yeah, Harlequin Anonymous. <laughs> you get to... You're going to be doing a bunch of interviews and stuff. And you're going to... You, yeah, you'll use it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not... I'm not... I'm not... I'm not bothered about it. It's, and yeah. it's, I, I it's love, just like... Yeah. I love my new my new MacBook Air. It's fabulous. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's a delight. But yeah, it was just kind of funny. It's like, now that I'm... Now that I'm not fighting with this stupid fan anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, you know, yeah. it is. Audio speaking stuff of is which, difficult. Hmm. speaking of which, of all things, anybody who knows me knows that I am like one of Suzanne Brockman's super fans. Right. Mm-hmm. And in latter years, we have become friends, which is still like, oh, my God, how did that happen? Right. Yeah. So I talked to her the other day. Because she wanted to pick my brain because she might be doing some of the narration on her, some of her self-published stuff. Oh, okay. So I was just like, "What? How? how's my life that Suzanne Brockman is asking me for advice? <laughs> right? <What>? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me? Well, you know, you know, that's the thing is like this world is so small that like you mm-hmm. you read these people and you're like, this person is is a creative genius and I will never stand up to them. And then you get an email in your inbox and they're just like, hey. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Be cool. Be cool. Act right. like someone who is a colleague, not a crazy super fan. Be chill. Well, the, you know, when I first started putting a center stage series out, she asked if she could have an arc of acting up. And I'm like, she can, you know, whatever. I didn't even think twice about it. And then like yeah. a couple of, before we were in the pre-order period, even out of the blue, I get this pull quote email from her. Yeah. And at the time, we, you know, Marika Bailey, who was my cover designer for an, an artist for those those books. And by the way, her, they're using her art for the audiobooks too, which I'm really excited I about. Because I didn't have the rights for audiobook. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they must have negotiated something with her, which That's is wonderful. I'm very excited about that because, yeah, awesome. she's, because she's just, I, she, A, she's a delight, delightful person. And B, you know, she deserves the flowers and the money and, yeah good um and so uh i I was like get this email talk about getting it you know in your inbox and i believe i made a sound only dogs could hear and then uh and then i immediately emailed marika and said because we'd finalized the cover and and she's like she's like you want me to change it can we (laughs) yeah she's like oh yeah we can (laughs) Yeah, it's it is a lot. It's it's and it's wonderful, but it's it boy howdy, it just it does your head in. Uh, it because, really does. You know, because the, the thing thing is, the first time I ever met Suzanne was the, the Suze, 
She says, she says, I was calling her Suzanne. She's like, mm. please, I, I always feel like I'm in trouble when people use my full name. Please call me Suze. And mm. you're like, ah, you know. Um, so I met her the day after she gave her landmark speech for winning the uh, Nora Roberts um, Lifetime Achievement Award mm-hmm. at RWA. And you know, I had been at a party in a bar in this hotel in Denver, and you know, somebody it was one of those. Oh, Susan is in the lobby, so I go darting out, mm-hmm. probably half lit because I was, you know, just you know, hanging with my friends and you know, drinking wine probably, and um, and standing off to the side, kind of like you know, she's greeting people and she's there with Jason, her son, and you know, all this kind of stuff's happening. And she turned and she sees me. And the woman's face lit up. Like she clearly did not only recognize me. We had we had interacted just a little bit on Twitter before. Yeah. And I mean, I so not only did she clearly recognize me, but she was really happy to see me. Outrageous. And how dare she? I burst, <laughs> I, I burst into tears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. not a crier usually. I I mean I I'm not a not not crier either, but I'm certainly not one of those people who like, oh, this this book made me cry. Uh, books almost 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 never make me cry. But you uh, were overwrought. I was you were overwrought. Yes, my 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 entire nervous system just like went whoosh. Yeah. And so so after I got myself together and we had selfies and all that kind of stuff, she said, Are you available tomorrow evening? And I said, Yeah. And she's like, Well, meet me over at that bar over there, you know in such a time we'll have a drink and I was just like oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. okay and then so she did uh the next night and I not only met her but you know she, she and I talked for about a half an hour and then her husband and her son and her son-in-law showed up and the, you know we all had a sort of round robin conversation at the end of it I mean I'm trying so hard not to get fangirl all over this you one, gotta right? play I, it so cool I was trying so hard and I was clearly failing because she just put her hand on my shoulder and she said we're friends now okay <laughs> love that because like honestly that is the greatest gift to be able to be like i have actual permission to like it's okay i know for sure because that in between space where you're like did i make a good impression like can i act like a normal human being again like do i i don't know am i still gonna have to toe the line she was like no 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 i'm gonna tell you right now to your face yes it's okay it's okay she did know. you a solid. I love that it for was you. So funny. It was, yeah, it was just it was, yeah, okay. So yeah, that was that was very. It was. I mean, I look back on on me, and I almost feel like, you know, I was in my forties, but I feel like I, I look like a teenager. I mean, even look at the pictures that we took that that first yeah. evening, and I'm just like, I look so like happy, but also kind of like starry. You, know, you know, well, yeah, but you, it's also kind of like, you know how like you have a dog you know when when your dog gets like has a a really really big day of playing and then like they they they, they're at the end of the day they're still kind of panting and they look really tired but they look really kind of happy too like a little manic just like a tiny yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's how I looked (laughs) I love it that's so great I've been I've been starstruck a couple of times but it's never been um it's never been like authors or uh uh, you know, 
uh, actors or anything. I've only ever been starstruck around scientists um, <laughs> because I'm, I'm a huge nerd. So, like, I met Louise Leakey once. Um, okay. And, like, I just kind of stood there and was like, and there are pictures of me. So we took pictures together. And she, like, signed my book. And she was like, we were talking about her uh, internship program in... Um, uh, I forget where it is it's in Africa. Um, and she's like, she's like, you know, you could like do this, or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, but we were talking, and there's this like photo of me, and or we're standing next to each other, and I'm like rigid as a board, just like eyes, like you can see all the whites around my <laughs> eyes, as I'm just like, I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, it's um, you know, it's good, it's good. I think I, it's 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 a. It's not quite humbling, but it's one of those things that reminds you that, like, you you can experience that, like, unfiltered, ridiculous joy around another human being. Just, like, yeah. it's it's good. It's a, it's good. It's embarrassing, yeah. but it's good. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of, I'm kind of, like, beyond the embarrassment of it because it was just, like, I, I just knew how much I had enjoyed her books. I, I am, I am such a, that woman can play the long game plot-wise, better than anybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, just, like, how many books did she have to write before she finally set up um, Sam and, I don't know, Sam Starrett, and I can't remember his love interest name, but anyway, like, it was, like, six or seven books. Yeah. You know, and and the fact that she can weave, like, three different plots together mm-hmm. in one book, it's just... I am just in awe of that. I mean, I'm, I am, I am not capable of that kind of multitasking. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, and I think that kind of honest admiration, like that's a that's a that's a wonderful thing. And I think that mm-hmm. it's a it's it's good for it's good for everyone. I think to just put that out in the universe, right? When you have something that you just love so much and you want to right. express that love to the to the person who made it, like I think that that is. I mean, that's why you do it, right? That's why right. you write and that's why you read. Um, and that's uh, I don't know. That's just that's wonderful. That's a really great thing. It's a gift. It, it's it's funny too because I've you know my my husband has read he's read I don't know if he's read all of my books. He's read some of my books. He's bless him. He he actually um, he is a fly fisherman, and of course the heroine of uh, Angling for You is a fly fishing guide. And that man printed out the first draft of Angling for You, and on a plane to Norway took a red pen to it for the fishing stuff sitting right next to me. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. That's slightly less. I thought he was by himself. Okay. No, 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 no. We were going on vacation. Um, Yes. Yeah. I would, my eyes would be glued to that. I I actually had my notebook and I was working really, really hard to ignore him and trying to figure out what I was going to do for book three of that series. Yeah. 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 Um, all you can yeah, do. so so that that was a thing that happened. Um, but uh, but he's also I mean he because he wanted to uh, also read some romances so that he knew what the the plot beats were and and that yeah. kind of thing. Context, um, yeah. and what was really funny about him is that so I think the first the first romance he ever read was uh, Lucy Parker's Act Like It because he he wanted me to give him kind of a reading lesson. I was like, well, here's here's some here's some stuff, and um. His comment at the end of it was, was like, it was it was a book. And I said, yeah, what did you expect it to be? And he's like, I don't know. I just, I, he was like, he was, 
he was expecting uh, something that, you know, like otherworldly yeah. or like non, I don't, I have no idea what he was expecting. But so since yeah. then he has read several romances on my recommendation. And one of the, one of them was the first Troubleshooters book, uh, mm. Suzanne Brockman's Troubleshooters uh, series. And so, you know, he has some sense as to why I am in awe of her skills because that, you know, that certainly, I mean, it's got like, it's got, at least two different love stories happening in the present, and then it has the, the the doomed romance set in World War II, where two of the protagonists of this you know, love triangle that was happening in the French Resistance you know, are are alive today, uh, and elderly, and uh, and so it's just it's it is absolutely a plotting masterpiece. Yeah. And um, yeah, so he has some sense as to why I admire her so much. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. All right, Adele, as we are closing in on the end here, yes, uh, this is this is your zone. What do you have going on? I know we I know we've spent pretty much this whole episode talking about what you have going on, but specifically, <laughs> what's what's actionable? Actionable. Well, uh, you can certainly buy any one of my six novels and one novella at all e uh, retailers, and there are paperback paperbacks available as well of all of the novels uh, and. Uh, like I said, there's a, there is an audio book of the wedding bait, which I did do myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in addition, there uh, will be starting at the end of March, the center stage series coming out month over month. Um, all four of those books will be also in audio as well. Um, yeah. And I yeah. can attest they are fantastic books. I, oh, thank I you. did an episode on them, but they're, they're really, really good. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's funny because the last time we talked, you you had you had thought that it was acting up was one uh, book one, and and that acting lessons was book two. In fact, it, it was method acting as book book two, and you were like you were like I'm so looking forward to reading. I that know. One. I was like I really want to read that one. And, and honestly, what's really what's really funny is that that mm-hmm. is honestly don't tell the other books, but that is my favorite of that series. <laughs> it happens that way. It happens that way. It was so yeah. good. I mean, you have such a you know if we're closing here in in here on the end but you know just <laughs> as a parting note because we didn't talk about your actual writing so much in this episode because obviously we've done an episode on that but mm-hmm. i i do just want to hammer home you have such like crisp propulsive prose Thank um, you. and you have this way of um I don't, everything is so snappy and I, and I and I feel like I can feel the theater in you and it's not just when because they're about the you know acting and stuff and, and right you know it's not just that it's literally like the physicality of how you the characters are interacting with one another like I never feel like I am I am um, reading a book when I when I read your books I feel like I'm just like following these people down the street and like that should be obvious right like that's what you want but that doesn't always happen um, no so. <laughs> and if you read my first drafts you'd probably go where is all of that physicality because mm-hmm. um, I I I also know um, Tasha Alexander the the mystery novelist and she's she's a friend of mine and when I first met her I said something about how I how my first drafts are so incredibly dialogue heavy and she said oh my first drafts look like play scripts they look yeah. they look like screenplays she's like mm-hmm. don't sweat it um and i think i was working on method acting when i first met her so i mean so she basically gave me permission to do that so that's that that's editing <laughs> that's yes. revision well, and i page. think you know 
because you are aware of it, though, because that is mm-hmm. your process, you are going back and you are paying special attention to making it physical, making it feel very tangible. Um, yeah. And it comes across. And so not only do we have like because I think of how you you write and your process, you first hammer home the really quippy dialogue and this really mm-hmm. fast paced um interaction that we have with all of these characters and this like this really really great and naturalistic speaking that you have going on in books so not only do you have that but then you take a second pass and you're like okay now i'm really paying attention to oh a second one <laughs> <laughs> second third fourth yeah. yes yeah, yeah a pass my, my kindle tried to sell me uh, uh fast acting uh, mm-hmm. on its advertising splash screen. And I was like, yeah, thanks. I think I've read it a few too many times already. Yeah, I, think I think I'm good. Thank you. They keep yeah. some, I keep getting like a, a like a, an advertisement for my pre-order that's, you know, going up on, you know, it's coming out on March 28th. And I, every time mm-hmm. I see it, I'm just like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. I haven't uploaded the thing. I'm, shut up. <laughs> I don't yeah. need to see that anymore. I know what that is. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's yeah, a good time. But yes, your books are fantastic and all of uh, the listeners should read them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> okay. So where can they find you? Not just your books. Right. Oh, we can find me. Uh, my website is adelbuck.com. Yeah. Well, there's, sir, I chose my pen name carefully. I wanted to be able to have, you know, a uh, URL and, you know, all that kind uh-huh. of stuff. Uh, and uh, in addition, I am, as long as it lasts, I'm on Twitter at underscore Adele Buck. Mm-hmm. I'm on uh, Instagram at the same. I do have a Facebook page. It's not very well tended to. Let's just put it that way. I got you. I it's, you know, I have it. It's there. It's there. It's there. Um, but yeah, I'm really much more active on uh, Twitter and uh, on Instagram. Um, and, you know, also my website. Um, I do have an, I do have a newsletter. It comes out mostly just monthly. Um, I try not to spam too many people's inboxes. I know that there's lots of schools of thought on whether or not you should, you know, like could be coming out with like short stuff weekly or, you know, longer stuff monthly or whatever. And longer stuff monthly for me works so if you want to keep up with uh news and just sort of like what current thought droppings i might have mm-hmm. <laughs> those those happen monthly on the newsletter yeah. so uh yeah keep in touch please if you if you if you want i and i'm yeah. always happy to hear from people so yeah all right well all the links will be in the description below as always um and you can snag those audiobooks if that's your vibe um <laughs> and you can get all the books obviously obviously you should have done that already <laughs> but it's fine uh they're, <laughs> all, they're always there they're yes. not going bad <laughs> no they're not I, I i literally say that to people in the bookshop a lot when they're just like i don't i don't need all these books i just say listen books don't go bad so right. you can they'll, they'll keep if you want if you want to just buy them and just hold them for a while feel yeah. free <laughs> you know, that's fine. like lovely little piles in your house yeah yes it's okay i mean as long as they're like on the on the you know first floor and not you know <laughs> threatening to collapse your your uh your, your second story um right. everything's fine um yes so i have things i have a lot of things i have a lot of things <laughs> happening right now I constantly have things happening. I'm this this year is going to be a lot for me. It's already a lot. I already I've on my second book release already this year. Oh um, dear. Yeah, I came out one in January, and then I have one coming out in March, um, and then I have one coming out in May, and okay. so on and so forth. 
yeah, yeah you are busy. Yeah. And I have book boxes that uh, go out. Uh, pre-orders for book boxes. They are only for patrons. So if you want that, you have to sign up to be a patron the 1st of March. Um, okay. And they will only be up for a week. So that's all you got. And they are cool as hell. Special edition book <laughs> covers, big old honking pins. I got sun catchers made. Um, wow. It comes with a real, uh, I try to include an in-universe artifact every time mm-hmm. I do a book box. So this one has um, the actual letter that the hero writes to the heroine printed on like real, like the paper that he uses and everything. Um, so all of that you can do. Patreon.com slash works by Abigail. You know where to find me. Um Yes, you know, you've been here. All of you've been here. You know, you know these things. And if not, welcome. Hi, hello, a little late, but also, yeah, hi. Uh, so all of the links are below. You should, if you can't do the book box, you don't want to do the Patreon, that's cool too. You can also just pre-order the book. It's on ebook. It's $4.99. Um, and it's uh, Courtship's Conquest. You can also, I have three books out, so you can just read those too. It's all, it's all good. Do whatever you want. I got stuff. Yeah, everything. Yeah, it's like at at a certain point when does it become too much to list everything right so i'm just like yeah just you know stuff stuff stuff. yeah it's it's out there um all right well this has been absolutely wonderful adele thank you for being here again i cannot wait to see all your cool stuff and see the well you know i cannot wait to see the cover first of all for the for the for the firefighter but the cover you and me both honey i'm really excited about that Uh, (laughs) I, I want it. I want the official title. I want all of it. Um, I yeah, cannot you and me wait. Both. <laughs> it's gonna be great. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. And thanks for having me. Of course, you are always welcome here, um, listeners. I'll catch you next week. Goodbye. Good night. All of the things. Au revoir. Kingdom of Thirst is a member of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find all of our episodes and tons of new podcasts to listen to at frolic.media/podcasts.